Jesus if I don't know? I gave James the option in, in am I on? I don't know. Am I on, Ed? I think I'm on here. I'm green. Um, I think we have Joe Pratt coming next week, I believe, right? Is Joe Pratt next week? So again, Lord willing, Lord willing Joe Pratt will be here again. I know many were blessed by his ministry earlier this year. Um, and then we're into December, so I'm giving James the, the freedom to, as the Spirit leads, you know, maybe a Christmas message, or he can continue here with Joseph, because this story of Joseph, as we said, is just inexhaustible. There's just so much in this story of Joseph that makes us think of Jesus. Um, but um, let's uh, read our portion that we have for this morning, and then we'll try to get into it. And uh, I appreciate, I'm sorry that we're running a little late today. Uh, I just thought it would be good for us to see that video um, again, thank you for everybody that made a box, for those that may have sponsored a box, for those that are praying for these boxes. Um, it does truly make an impact on people's lives. It's amazing to hear the story of Yuri um, and how God's using her now, right, to share the gospel of Christ. Uh, but in Genesis chapter 45, and really Yuri's story is going to tie in with what we're talking about today in, uh, in our service for him, right? We've been given a commission as well, right? We've been given a message to give. And so it's going to tie in beautifully with what we're looking at here in Joseph. But um, again, just for context, you know, for those who may be joining us, you're not sure. Remember, we got the story of Joseph, right? Joseph was sold by his brothers uh, into slavery. Joseph then worked for Potiphar. Joseph was falsely accused, thrown into prison. There, Joseph, right, was uh, interpreted the dreams of two men there. One of them went back to serving the, uh, the Pharaoh there. Eventually, remember Joseph. Joseph is able to interpret the dream. He also is now put, made Lord of Egypt. He is second in command. And uh, for uh, at least a couple years now, I think, the famine has been going on. They had seven years of plenty, remember? And Joseph was in charge of storing up all the grain and all those things. And now we're into these years of famine now where Egypt now has become a, a powerful nation because of Joseph. Many of the nations are coming to them for food, to survive this famine. And um, we get to this point here where uh, Joseph's brothers now come to get uh, food, and they don't recognize Joseph for who he is. And um, we get to this point where Joseph now reveals himself to his brothers. He tells them who he is. And uh, it's just a beautiful picture there. And then we get to this part. He's talking to his brothers now. We're going to begin in verse 9 of chapter 45. Okay, Joseph now speaking to his brothers. There's no one else in the room. It's just him and his brothers. And he says, hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me and do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks, your herds, all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you, your household, and all that you have come to poverty. For there are still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen. And you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and he wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. 
Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers have come, so it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, do this. Load your animals and depart. Go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father, your households, and come to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of the lamb. Now you are commanded, do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives. Bring your father and come. And do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Then the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them carts according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments. And the Lord will bless the reading of his word again this morning. Let's just look to the the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, thanks again. For your son, the Lord Jesus, because of your son, the Lord Jesus, um, we now can be called your church. Uh, We are now a part of the body of Christ. Um, And we are so thankful for the gifts that you give your church. Um, Lord, some here have speaking gifts. Some, Lord, have serving gifts. Uh, Lord, but it is a tremendous opportunity for us together when we get together like this to be able to use our gifts um, for the edification and the building up of one another. It's so great to see your church using their gifts to to equip one another uh, for the work of the ministry. And so my prayer this morning, uh, Lord God, as a good steward of the manifold grace of God, that uh, I would speak uh, this morning uh, with the ability that you supply that in all things you may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong all the glory, dominion, forever and ever. Amen. And so, what a great commission here, right? Um, Joseph is telling his brothers, hey, go tell my dad. I was thinking of this. uh, It's funny now. For those that, that have a, a father that you love, a father that loved you, um, I know that's uh, not everyone has that, that privilege, but um, I was just thinking I, was, I could really relate to Joseph here. Um, it's funny that uh, the other day, uh, my van, um, I, I, all of a sudden I'm, I'm driving. Good thing it was still daylight out, but I had no headlights, no taillights, no dash lights. I could not figure out what was going on. And uh, so we were able to get home uh, the next day um, after school. Um, my daughter had sent me a video of a guy who said, hey, you got no dash lights, you got no headlights, you got no taillights, here's what you have to do. And of course, my father had called me and said, hey, listen, did you see that video yet? I said, no, I haven't checked it out. To make a long story short, I was able to get in there and, and, and figure out that one of my switches was broken on my dashboard, and I was able to fix it. Hey, I was able to take my whole dash apart and be able to fix this, this switch. And, uh, and so as I came in, my, my wife came home the other night. I said, hey, listen, I fixed the, I fixed the lights. We have lights. We got tail lights. And my, my wife says, did you tell your father? Honey, did I tell my father? I mean, come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I already told him. Right? I, ha- I had to call my father and say, hey, Dad, I did it. 45-year-old man telling his dad he fixed a little switch in his dashboard. But what is it about fathers, right, that you want to tell your dad, 
hey, listen, I want you to know, look what I did. I can relate to Joseph here. I could see Joseph saying, listen, go tell dad. Look, look what, I, what I've done. Look what I am. God has made me the Lord of Egypt. Go get him and bring him back here. And it's a great commission, isn't it? Right? These brothers, right, have never been sent on such a thrilling mission as this. Never in their lives. And their old father Jacob, right, he will never have heard such good news as this, will he? Never in Jacob's life will he hear any news better than what he's going to hear from his sons. So we see this great uh, commission, and we see certainly the parallel, right, uh, with us ourselves, right, um, as, as, the, as the brothers now have encountered Joseph, and he's revealed themselves to him. We ourselves, right, we've encountered Jesus, right? He's revealed himself to us, and he's given us a great commission, a great commission. And I'll tell you right now, brothers and sisters, right, there is nothing more thrilling than the mission that you've been given. Nothing. To see hundreds of high school kids accept Jesus Christ on Friday night. There's nothing more thrilling. Nothing. And I'll tell you that the, the, the mission that you have as you go out to that world, there is nothing better that they're ever going to hear in their lives. No greater news than what you have. What you have. And so what we see here is this idea of as we've now come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior and as, as, as Joseph brothers now have spent that time with their brother Joseph, right? Um, they are now prepared for service. Joseph is, is, is giving them a commission and he is sending them on this thrilling mission. And so the first thing we're going to look at this morning is the preparation for service. Joseph has made himself known to his brothers, right? Joseph has dispelled their fears, right? He's dealt with their past and now he has secured their future. Does this sound familiar? The love of Joseph has brought his brethren into sweet communion with himself. In like manner, the Lord Jesus, he deals with the demon-possessed man this way, doesn't he? You remember, he travels in that boat over to that island for just this one man. This one man. This man who is demon-possessed. But we read that there's a moment there where now he's clothed. Right? It says that he's in his right mind. Right? And he's sitting at Jesus' feet. Right? And not only that, but he's set free by the word of the Lord. So too, the Lord, he deals with his disciples the same way. On the evening of his resurrection, right? As the true Joseph in the presence of his brethren, he makes himself known. Right? Remember, he appears to them in that room. Right? Those disciples, they're terrified. Right? They're frightened, it says. And he speaks to their troubled hearts a word of what? A word of peace. Just like Joseph is doing to his brothers. And so it is that the, the intimacies of love, right, prepare for the service of love. Those whom Joseph has won for himself, he will now enlist in his service. His brethren now shall become his witnesses. Isn't that amazing? Joseph doesn't go tell his dad. He could have, right? He's allowing his brothers now to be his witnesses. And as with Joseph's brothers, the demon-possessed man, 
and the disciples on the resurrection day, so with ourselves. This is very important. I want us to remember this. is Preparation for service must precede service. Preparation for service must precede service. You see, we are oftentimes more anxious to be used than exercised to be prepared for every good work. We read that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. The Bible says you are to be prepared for every good work. How are we doing at preparing ourselves for service? Too often we are, are anxious to be used instead of being concerned to be prepared for good work. And so we see this preparation for service, right? But, but also you see the pattern of service, right? In, in, a, in, in addition to this, further, our, our preparation for service, right, is only gained when we are found alone with Christ, communing with Him in the realization of His love. Right? Joseph's brothers, right, Joseph had everybody get out. It was just him and his brothers. That's it. And so we see this beautifully, right, uh, in the life of Joseph there when he makes everyone leave. And then what does he do? He kisses his brethren. He kisses his brothers. And it says what? After that, they talked with him. They communed with him. I wonder what that was like. What was that like, those conversations in that room, just him and his brothers? All of the brothers' directions as to service, right, came from who? Joseph. Came from Joseph. See, the the commission to serve, every detail of the service they received from whose lips? Joseph. Joseph. And they could only have that because they were by themselves with him, having communion with him. Remember the demon-possessed man that we already looked at, right? He's now delivered, right? He's prepared, right, for the service of the Lord by the directions from the Lord, right? Do you remember what the Lord says to him? He says, Lord, let me go with you, right? He wants to go with the Lord Jesus, get back in that boat and go with him. And Jesus gives him directions. And again, this comes from sitting at his feet. They spent time with each other. And Jesus says to him what? Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you, right? And so he went his way and he proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. The Lord Jesus, right? When he appears to his frightened and terrified disciples in that, that room, right? They spend time with each other. He preaches peace to them. And then what? Right? He gives them the great commission. <laughs> right? We've talk, looked at this already this morning. Joe was mentioning it, Right? He tells them, hey, listen, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses. And so, brothers and sisters, this pattern of service is this. The measure of holy separation to the Lord is the measure of our preparation for His service. Okay? They who want to serve well must first sit at His feet and hear His word. It has to be. We have to be sitting at our Lord's feet. There only, right, in the secret of His presence, can we learn His mind and serve under His directions. 
So we see this preparation for service, this pattern for service. But notice the promptness in service. What does Joseph tell them? Hurry. (laughs) Don't tarry. Hurry. Hurry. It's the word in which he sends them forth. Okay. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, we have the same promptness in our service, right? It says, proclaim the word. It says, be instant in season and out of season. You know what that means? Urgent. Be urgent. Okay. Some of your translators say, may be ready. Be ready. But the, the idea there is to be urgent. Urgent. Hurry. That's the promptness of our service. Right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, 6, verse 2, it says, now is the accepted time. Right? It doesn't say tomorrow is the accepted time. Not later is the accepted time. Now is the accepted time. Right? I was just uh, listening to Billy Graham talk about Joshua. Joshua right there. Uh, and, uh, and he takes the six tribes and, and puts them on one side of, um, um, I forget the place now, and six tribes on the other, right? And he says, choose for you tomorrow who you will serve. Oh, no, he doesn't say that, does he? He says, choose for you soon. No. He says, choose for you this day who you're going to serve, right? There's a promptness in our service, right? And Joseph illustrates it here. He says, hurry, hurry. But not only do we see the, the, the promptness of service here, but we see the place of service. Right? <laughs> not only are the, the, the brothers of Joseph told how to go, right, in hurrying, but they're told or instructed, instructed where to go. And the word is this, in verse 17, he says, go to the land of Canaan. I don't know if anybody thought that's interesting, isn't it? Right? That they were to be witnesses for Joseph in the very land where in the days of Joseph's humiliation, he received only evil for good, hatred for his love, he had been stripped of his honors, flung into a pit, and sold for 20 pieces of silver. That's where Joseph's sending them. And so it was, right? In the last parting scene between the risen Lord and His disciples, wasn't it? Right? They received a commission to preach repentance and remission of sins among all nations, beginning where? Jerusalem. The witness was to begin in the blackest spot on earth. Amongst the worst of sinners. In the place where the Lord had been sold for 30 pieces of silver. Stripped of His robe. Mocked with a crown of thorns. And nailed to a cross between two thieves. That's where He sends them. An old servant of the Lord said this once. He said, as if the Lord had said, tell them though, tell them though they have gainsaid my doctrine, blasphemed my divinity, taken away my life, endeavored to murder my reputation too by making me an imposter, go to Jerusalem. And by beginning there, show them such a miracle of goodness and grace that they themselves must confess that nothing can be greater than their sin except this mercy and grace of mine. Which where their sin abounded, grace 
does much more abound. Begin at Jerusalem, and after the saving efficacy of my grace appears there, no one will question the possibility of their salvation. I thought uh, when it comes to our commission, right? Where is the Lord Jesus telling you to go? I don't know what it was like for Joseph's brothers when he said, hey, listen, go back to Canaan and tell, tell dad. I would imagine for them, they're like, ooh, I don't know if we want to tell dad. Because they have to what? And telling this story, they have, to, they have to confess what they did. Man, imagine the disciples of Jesus saying, listen, I want you to begin in Jerusalem. They know what happened in Jerusalem. They saw what they did to Jesus. But I'm just wondering too, how many times the Lord, you feel the Lord is sending you somewhere. And out of fear, we say, Lord, I'm not going there. Do you understand? If you, if you want me to share that with that person, I, there's no, no way. No way. They, 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 I think they're going to get angry. Okay. They, they might embarrass me. Whatever it is, I mean, even to the extent of, you think of people who have gone to places where they know that missionaries, Christians are killed. But we do have a great commission. There's no more thrilling mission than the one we've been given. And that's when we get to the persuasion in service, right? Is the brethren of Joseph are sent back with a very definite message to be delivered with all the authority of Joseph's word. See, in verse 9, it was to be introduced with this. Go tell my dad, thus says your son Joseph. We do well to remember that the power behind the gospel message is the authority with which it's proclaimed. It goes forth with, thus saith the Lord. (laughs) That's why we can do that. That's where wherever he sends us, we can go, right? Because we have this persuasion, right? We can say, listen, This is what God says. Thus says the Lord. But there's great positivity in this service as well that we've been given. You see, the great theme of the message was Joseph, right? And his glory. He says, tell my father that God has made me Lord of all Egypt. And then he adds in verse 13, and so you shall tell my father of all my glory and of all that you have seen. Brothers and sisters, this message right here is still the message that alone will meet the world's famine. It's still the message today. To proclaim to the world that Jesus is Lord. That he has accomplished it all. That he's been glorified. We see this even right in, in, in Peter. Right? Peter preached in the day of Pentecost. This is what he says. Let the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, what? Both Lord and Christ. Even in Acts chapter 10, verse 36, he's speaking with Cornelius, right? In his household. And he says what? 
Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Guys, that was the message in the New Testament church here, right? That's the message today. As we need to proclaim to the world that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And that is the only message that will meet the world's need. And certainly it is our, still our privilege today, just as Joseph said, tell of all the glories, right? Of all the glory that you have seen. It is our privilege to declare the glories of the one who is Lord of all. Right? Whether it's his personal glories. Right? When we consider the personal glories of Jesus Christ as the eternal Son. Right? The Son of God. But also his, his pure right? glories or his moral glories. Right? As the one who is altogether lovely. And then certainly we have the privilege of declaring his prescribed or official glories as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We still have this positivity, right, in our message, in our, in our service, is that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And we can declare his glories to the world in which we live in. But then also we get to proclaim, right? There's a proclamation in service as well. Right? The message that Joseph sends to Jacob is this come down to me. Right? Not only were they to go and tell their father that he's been made Lord of Egypt, declare to him all the glories that you have seen here, but I also want you to tell him this. Proclaim to him this. Tell him to come see me. Come down to me. You see, Joseph is Lord of all with the riches of glory at his disposal. And those riches are for all. Yet, it's only for those who come. If Joseph's brothers had gone back to Canaan and said, Dad, hey, listen, Joseph's alive. He said, come down to him. He's going to provide for us. And, and Jacob said, no, no, we're good here. No, right? They would ne- he would never be able to enjoy all that Joseph wanted to give them. But the instruction there in this service is, is come, right? We ourselves, we, we tell the world, hey, listen, there's wonderful blessings in knowing Jesus. Won't you come? If all power is in God's hands to bless, all grace is in his heart to draw to himself the one he wants to bless. But it's only for those who come who obtain the blessing. And you know, it's neat here too in this, in this language here. Uh, Joseph saying in effect to his father, I want you. When he's saying, hey, listen, tell dad to come down to me. In a sense, he's actually saying, I want you. Because it's not just this idea of come. Joseph's saying, come down to me. Come down to me. And it's the same with us today. We proclaim to the world that, listen, there's tremendous blessings in knowing Jesus Christ. Okay? But it's for those who come. It's only for those who come. And so, there is a, a purpose as well, right? There's a purpose in service, right? This message speaks of the blessings that await those who come. If Jacob comes, 
right? Which we know he does, right? The wanderings, right? Will be past. There'll be no more wandering in the desert for Jacob. Okay? Because Joseph says what? He says, tell dad that you shall dwell in the land of Goshen. Which means now that Jacob, there'll be no more distance. There'll be no more estrangement, right? He says, even in his verse, he says, for thou shalt be near me. You'll be right next to me. Care and want will be banished. For Joseph says there in verse 11, I will provide for you. I will provide. Still the Lord Jesus says today, right? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. The proclamation is still there, isn't it? Come. I want you. Come to me. That's the purpose of our service is that a world that is in famine, right? A world that is lost, right? That they can come and enjoy a nearness, right? Um, Be able to enjoy uh, blessings that are provided for them. You see, the soul that comes to Jesus will find the days of wandering feet over. Because in the company of Christ, there is rest for the conscience. The soul that comes to Jesus will find that the loneliness of the desolate heart is ended. Because in the company of Christ, there is satisfaction for the heart. The soul that comes to Jesus will find that the famine of the distant land is met. Because in the company of Christ, there is food for the soul. If Jacob comes, right, to Goshen, right, all his needs will be met. All those things that he was experiencing will be over. He just has to come to Goshen, right? And there's a point in service, right? There, there's a point to all this, right? God has given us this commission, um, And the point in this is that there is certainly untold blessing, right, for those who come. But there is imminent danger for those who delay. Right? The message carries with it also a word of warning, doesn't it? Notice Joseph's words in verses 9 and 11. He says, Do not tarry, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. How far greater the danger we trifle with, that far greater message that comes from the Lord in glory. We read in Hebrews, right? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And then in Hebrews chapter 12, he says this, if they did not escape who refused him, who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. If, if the message of grace, right, gives us a view of glory, right, with its rest, its satisfaction, and its plenty, right, it also warns those who reject the message that there is nothing before them but the poverty of hell with no God and no Christ and no hope. 
That's the point of our service. Is we have to let this world know that there is extreme danger in their delay. And so we've been given a great commission, have we not? A great commission. We see that that pictured here in the story of uh, of Joseph giving his brothers the commission, making them his witnesses to go and tell his father. Um, but what's really cool about this too is um, the power, right? The power for service. Um, so when we continue the story of Joseph here, we discover uh, really further rich instructions for the servant of the Lord, right? The, the message is full and clear, right? Um, Joseph tells his brother, hey, listen, go tell dad this, this, tell him to come here. Um, it's full, it's clear, but it is not enough to be entrusted with a message, right? The, the messenger must also be fully equipped to deliver the message, right? So the message that we have, church, right, that's been given to us, that's been entrusted to us, is a lot more than just the message. If you were just given a message to go give, you wouldn't be able to do that. You're not capable of doing so, even though it's a wonderful message, right? The, the, the disciples whom the Lord commissioned, right? What did Jesus tell them in that room? He goes, listen, I need you to wait in Jerusalem until what? They receive power from on high. The Lord said this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. We cannot be a witness for Jesus Christ without the power that's been given us. The power in which they are to serve comes from the person who gives them their commission. Is this not foreshadowed in the story of Joseph? Verse 19, Joseph gives this message, right? And then he says, take with you some wagons. <laughs> take these carts, right? Take them out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives. Bring your father and come, right? They were provided with a new, a new power to journey, weren't they? Before they could only walk or they had camels or whatever it was right now they will be given a power a new power to journey with they'll be be able to take wagons take carts to journey on their way and what's great is that that power right that power they've been given will not only take them to canaan right but that same power will bring them back to joseph won't they they'll be able to use that same power to bring their dad back to joseph and so we read in verse 21, Joseph gave them carts and also gave them provisions for their journey. That's the power and service. And we've been given this message, but know too that we've been empowered to give it by Jesus Christ, the one who commissioned us. And then the last thing I just want to point out is the privilege of service. Okay? The privilege of service. Okay? As blessed as all this is, right? Uh, it is not enough for the service of the Lord. Okay? If the service is to be effective 
in the life of the servant, okay, then, then the life of the servant must be in harmony with the message he delivers. This important truth is set forth in the dealing of Joseph with his brothers. Not only did he provide carts, not only did he give them provisions for the way, but in verse 22 it says this, he gave to each, to all of them, each man, changes of garments. Hmm. You see, they were not only to deliver a message concerning the glory of Joseph, but they themselves were to be witnesses of the change that that glory affected. And as we have not, as we have seen, not only were the apostles sent forth to preach Christ, but they themselves were to be witnesses to Christ. He says, "You shall be witnesses to me." And so here we read, right in uh, Colossians, it says, "You have put off the old man with his deeds." and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. It is our privilege and our responsibility to display the change of garment by expressing the character of Christ in all of his lovely traits. Amen? That's the privilege of service. As we go out with this message that we have, we ourselves right, have to be witnesses of the change of glory that's been affected in our lives as well. And so in summary, preparation for service must precede service. What's the pattern for that? Is that they who want to serve well must first sit at Jesus' feet and hear His Word. Brothers and sisters, if you want to be useful for Jesus Christ, that's the effective way you can be as you have to be spending time with Jesus at his feet, listening to his instructions in order to be useful. And the message that Joseph sends to his father, right, foreshadowing the gospel message is this. It's an urgent message, right? It's a message that proclaims the exaltation and glory of the Lord Jesus. It's a message of grace that says, come. But it's a message that tells of the blessings for those who come. And it's a message of warning for those who refuse to come. And the power in which we are to serve comes from the person who gives us our commission. And then lastly, if the service is to be effective, the life of the servant must be in harmony with the message that he delivers. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gospel that's foreshadowed in this story of Joseph here. We pray that as we leave here today, again, that we would understand what a tremendous, tremendous commission that's been given to us. What a great commission you've given to us. No one on earth has ever been sent on a more thrilling mission than us, Lord. And help us to realize again that the world in which we're going to, that they have never heard such good news as the good news of Jesus Christ. We're so thankful that you've made us witnesses to Christ. Lord God, we pray 
again, that uh, as servants of yours, that our lives would be in harmony with the message that we deliver. Again, thank you for all the glories that you've revealed to us. And we pray, too, that we would share with this world um, the glories of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. We pray these things in his precious name. Amen.